0: Zomato has officially acquired Blinkit. This is something that we've seen coming for a while, but now it's finally happened. And in the process, in the span of four days, Zomato's stock has lost 21% of its value. Welcome to Backstage with Millionaires. I'm Caleb, your host. And today, apart from covering other news items, I wanted to go into what this actually means for Zomato. And was this decline in their stock value something that they anticipated, or were they surprised by it? And overall, was this a good choice for Zomato to make, acquiring blanket. So 21% equates to roughly 13,000 crore rupees of Zomato's market value. And the question that a lot of people are asking is, should Zomato have waited to make this acquisition? Because currently market sentiments are at an all-time low. There's a global slowdown and consolidation is happening in the startup space. So loss-making companies are facing public wrath. Looking at both the company's financials, Zomato's losses in the financial year of 2022 increased to 1,222.5 crore rupees up from 816.4 4 crore rupees in the financial year of 2021, and Blinkit in the financial year of 2021 saw a loss of 557 crore rupees. So, just looking at these figures, it makes sense why some people decided to sell their stock in Zomato, because Zomato is adding Blinkit's losses to their own. However, we need to keep in mind that tech companies like Zomato don't like to stagnate. Another company that we can look at when it comes to diversification is Ola. They've tried food delivery, grocery delivery, now they're into electric scooters, and Zomato is trying to diversify in the same way they started with offline dining booking back in 2014 then they moved into b2b restaurant supplies in 2019 then grocery delivery in 2020 with its own app and i think that it was this experience of trying to build zomato market that made zomato realize how many synergies there were between food delivery and grocery delivery which is why they decided eventually to try to enter that market in a different way by investing in grofers and initially they invested a hundred million dollars which allowed grofers to pivot into quick commerce by rebranding to Blinkit. Then, in November of 2021, Dipendra Goyal announced his mega plan on how he was going to make Zomato a $10 billion business by revenue in the next couple of years. And one of the major points here was that Zomato was going to invest $1 billion into e-commerce companies, with a large chunk of this going into quick commerce startups. So with that mega plan in mind, it becomes pretty clear that Zomato was always going to do this, and they probably weren't surprised or thrown off by the negative market sentiment. That's just the way that things are in the world right now. And they needed to acquire Blinkit because this space is really, really hot and competitive right now. You've got companies like Tata, Reliance, startups like Swiggy and Zepto. They're all burning millions of dollars trying to stay in this market and to compete with one another. And Zomato doesn't want to miss out. So now is the time for them to act and they've done it by acquiring Blinkit. All right, next up, let's move into our founder spotlight now. This week, I wanted to highlight one of the leading entrepreneurs in India's ed tech space, the co-founder and CEO of Unacademy. Gaurav Munjao. So the reason I wanted to highlight Gaurav here specifically is because of his cutthroat and aggressive and uncompromising approach to business. Basically, if Unacademy approaches a company and offers to acquire them and that company says no, then Gaurav and Unacademy will do everything that they possibly can to gut that company of its talent. Now, I don't wanna take an ethical stance here. I don't wanna say whether this kind of behavior is good or bad. I don't really see business that way in these binary black and white terms. I think of business kind of like the way I think of sporting Events. And Unacademy is that bloodthirsty team that will stop at nothing until they win. And I think the reason that that's part of the company's DNA is Goro Munjo. So we've been seeing Unacademy making companies offers that they can't refuse for some time now. They currently have more than 15 startups in their portfolio, companies like Prepladder, CodeChef, Mastery, SwiftLearn, and Wi Fi Study, to name a few. And now we're seeing Unacademy taking the same approach in the offline space. Now, just like in the online space, in the offline space, a lot of students enroll in specific coaching centers or courses because of star teachers. So what this means is that if you're a famous teacher teaching, for example, physics or math or any other subject, then students are actually going to enroll specifically because of you. And Gorov Munjal has identified this. He's realized how powerful an idea this is. And as a result, they've started poaching teachers in the city of Kota and specifically 40 teachers have been poached from Allen alone. For example, there are two physics teachers who are really popular among students in that city. Puneet Agarwal and Rahul Yodov and both of them have joined Unacademy now and they have brought thousands of students along with them. Now like I said I'm on the sidelines here I don't have skin in the game I'm just watching this like a sporting event and I'm really curious to see how this plays out in the long term as Unacademy continues to offer teachers salaries that are about two to three x what they're used to but is this going to actually be sustainable in the long term are these teachers going to stay with Unacademy is Unacademy going to keep these teachers on their payroll or is this just a temporary thing to disrupt the entire industry. We'll just have to wait and see. But it is going to be an interesting battle between these traditional offline education companies and these new ed tech startups that are entering the offline space. All right, next up, let's move into our bird's eye segment now, because at least 13 Indian startups have raised more than a million dollars this week, with $314 million being raised across the entire startup ecosystem. So B2B e-commerce and retail led the charge this week at 36%. That's $112 Point five million million, and the leaders here were Arzu, a B2B retail platform that raised $70 million, and Solve, which is a B2B e-commerce marketplace that raised $40 million. Up next, we have fintech startups at 26.5%, that's $83.1 million, being raised by companies like Progcap at $40 million and GetVantage at $36 million. Up next, we have EV startups raising 16.5% of all the funds this week, that's $50.7 million, being raised by companies like BatterySmart, which raised $20. million dollars and static which raised 25.7 million dollars. And then finally we have one startup in the real estate space raising 15% of all the funds this week that's PropShare and they raised 47 million dollars. Now just a little bit of perspective on this week this is a 59% drop in total funding from last week when we saw 763 million dollars being raised by startups and this is also the lowest amount of funding raised in the last five weeks here in India. Now, the reason why this week is the worst week out of the last five weeks for Indian startups when it comes to raising funds is of course the global economic slowdown. And in the world of startups, many people are calling it a funding winter and it's finally caught up with India's startup ecosystem now. And if you wanna understand how this global economic slowdown is affecting startups, then be sure to watch this video from Jungle Ventures and here's my favorite clip from that video. I think what we need to do is put our mind back to maybe about three or four years ago. The interest rates were at an all-time low, which means that the supply and the cost of capital was incredibly cheap. And when you have cheap capital which is there, they get invested and they get deployed into the public markets, and they also get deployed into the private markets, which was what was technically driving a lot of valuations up, particularly in terms of the tech stocks which was there. What has happened post that, is predominantly two waves of impact. The first was driven by the pandemic, and now, this year, the recent issues at Ukraine has created additional pressure into the economies. The outcome of all that is, in order to start fighting these inflationary pressures, the regulators across the world have started increasing their rates, which means that the supply of cheap, easy capital is now no longer available. So if you liked what you saw there and you want to watch the full video, then you can find the link to it in the description or pinned comment down below. And by the way, big thanks to Jungle Ventures for sponsoring this video and sponsoring so many of our videos in the past. Those guys are amazing and they're posting tons of valuable content on their YouTube channel. So make sure to check that out. Hit subscribe while you're over there so you don't miss any of their videos. They're posting multiple videos per week at this point and all of them are super valuable if you're a startup founder or you're planning on starting up someday. All right, next up in the news, just a couple of quick updates. First of all, more layoffs. Baiju's owned White Hat Jr. and Topper have collectively laid off more than 655 people. So White Hat Jr. has laid off 300 employees. Topper has laid off more than 350 employees. And Baiju's is saying that these layoffs are business restructuring, according to INC 42. Sales and marketing teams were the worst affected. And Topper, through an email, informed these employees that many of these roles have become redundant and the company is laying them off as a result, Now, obviously, when we're talking about Baidu's, the problem here is not a lack of funds. The company is not struggling financially. In fact, according to a Bloomberg report, Baidu's is planning to acquire US-based edtech startup 2U for a whopping $1 billion. So that's not the problem here. Instead, this looks like a matter of strategy. Baidu's is aiming to achieve profitability for all of its owned startups, while the company continues to pursue its overseas expansion. Now, besides Baidu's, we also have B2B e-commerce unicorn, Oran laying off 180 employees to cut costs. And another startup, Nova Benefits, which is a Bengaluru-based insurtech startup, has laid off 70 employees. All right, next up in the news, Ola has decided to shut down two of its new business lines, Ola Dash, which is their quick commerce play, and Ola Cars, which is what they were using to sell used cars. Ola is now going to be exclusively focusing on their two core businesses, electric vehicles through Ola Electric and their mobility business, their ride-hailing business, Ola Cabs. This, of course, is not the first time that Ola has shut down non-essential lines of business. They shut down Ola Cafe, Food Panda, and Ola Foods. And sometimes their efforts to diversify just don't pan out. And so they end up shutting those businesses down. But other times they do, like for example, Ola Electric. That was an experiment that turned out really well for the company. So nothing ventured, nothing gained. All right, that is all the startup news that I have for you guys this week. I really hope you enjoyed the video and that you learned something from it. Big thanks now to all of our Backstage with Millionaires members, our unicorns, our Decacorns and our Hectacorns. And Hecticorns. by the way, I've created a WhatsApp group so that we can communicate on timings for video conferences moving forward. And also just so that we can chat, you can find a link to that WhatsApp group in the community tab of this YouTube channel. Also, big thanks to Jungle Ventures for sponsoring this video, and I will see you guys in the next one.